This is Real Talk with Rebecca Chawson, where we have real, raw, and relatable conversations to create connections that count. So stay tuned. It's time for a Real Talk. tuning in to this episode of Real Talk with Rebecca Chawson, and this is actually the first episode of a new series called Real Estate with Real People, where we interview various influencers within the real estate industry who have a unique story and personal brand that empowers how they work with their clients. And to open up, so excited to have Mike McCann, the real estate man, perfect way to open up this series. Thank you, Mike, for being with us today. You got the jingle right. Mike McCann, the real (laughs) estate man. I love (laughs) that. I love that. And to open up, I'm sure many of our listeners have heard of you, but if they have not, Mike McCann has over 30 years top-selling realtor and number one in Philadelphia. He ranked top 50 in the country for the last 20 years by the Wall Street Journal. In 2018 alone, his team closed 782 units, totaling 367 million in sales volume. 2001-2018 was a top realtor with Berkshire Hathaway and now proudly associated with KW Philly. Mike, Mike McCann, you have been a busy man. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you got to have fun. And I always tell people, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Wow. Wow. That's powerful. And and before we started today, got to know you a little bit. And just what radiates through is your passion. And I'm curious, though, because at one point you were a Mike McCann realtor. How (laughs) did you become Mike McCann, the real estate man? And the reason why I think this is important is that has so much to do with your personal brand and how you were able to develop it and evolve over the years. Take me through that evolution for yourself. Yeah. Well, I do love real estate and it is my, thank goodness I found it. And I didn't, didn't find it until I was like 27, 28. Thank God it's the greatest business in the world. Um, and, and people say, well, that's easy for you because you're Mike McCain, real estate man. I wasn't always Mike McCain, a real estate man. Actually, I was nobody. I mean, I worked in the sewers. I sold vacuums door to door. I worked in a hotel restaurant business. One thing that I always had was a desire to move up in life and to provide for my family and not be where I started out. Um, So I got in real estate and I was with a no-name company and I was Mike McCann, you know, and I was in the basement of a Trinity in Queen Village uh, working for a property management company. I didn't know it, trying to sell real estate. And I'm like, whoa. So I did some of my door-to-door vacuum cleaner salesmen knocking on people's doors. I read every book. I took every course I could. And I really started to engage in real estate. Third full year, I was, uh, I did 90 transactions. I'm the number one agent. So I'm into real estate. And now I'm working 12, 14-hour days. Hard work never bothered me. Bigger companies were trying to recruit me. I'm like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But by 92, I had to leave the company I was at because he started to have problems. So I went to Prudential, who I ended up being with. They became Berkshire, but for 27 years, I was a loyalist with Prudential. And um, recently I went to Keller Williams. But, but about 92, when I was making this move to Prudential, people who knew me were like, Mike, yeah, they were calling me Mike McCann, the real estate man. They're like, you got to use that name. I'm like, no way, that's tacky. Come on, no way, no way. Everybody wants me to use this. And they said, use it. And man, I used it. So I put Mike McCann, the real estate man, in my, if you called up a voicemail, hi, this is Mike McCann, the real estate man. 
Um, if I walk, so it's on my signs, on my print ads, on everything. And Alan Dom, who was the number one agent in America at the time, said to me, Mike, it's the best thing you ever did. It propelled my success. Incredible. Because it gave me a unique marketing position. And it gave me fun. When I walk into a settlement, people say, the real estate man, or Mike, the real estate man. They don't always get it right, but it's fun. It's an icebreaker. Or when I call some, uh, someone, is this the real estate man? So it's fun. It's fun. It's unique marketing position, and it's very impactful. Wow. So based on what you're hearing, like these words are, are fun, impactful, knowledgeable, resourceful. That's all things that make up your brand. And you did touch on it a little bit, but what do you think, how did you create separation in a crowded industry and becoming a market leader specifically? Yeah, yeah, you have to. So, you know, I'm in Center City Real Estate. There's hundreds of agents. I, I didn't come from the neighborhood. Nobody knew me. I didn't have social content. I had nothing, zero, zilch. And I didn't even have mentors. Early on in my career, I got this one client who had been in Vogue magazine. And she turned from a model to a builder. And her and her husband were rehabbing properties. And she did this carriage house in Bella Vista. And so I got calls from the Inquirer and from back then in the papers. That, and I got these calls from the Inquirer. And they came out and they did a whole photo shoot. So I'm on the front of the Inquirer with me standing in front of the house. It was a cool looking picture. I had hair back then too. Right. And, um, and man, my phone blew off the hook because now the real estate man is associated with, um, no, actually that was before the real estate man. So I was associated with this person that helped me uh, bring off, off my phone, ring off the hooks. Right. One of the things that has helped me in my career over the years, I've gotten a lot of, yeah, I can put an ad, and that, but that's a paid ad. When I'm reading a story, if I read up top, it says paid ad. You know, I take it with a grain of salt. But if someone else, a third-party endorsement is the best endorsement you can ever have. So I started to reach out. I would send stuff to the uh, Wall Street Journal, to the uh, New York Times, to the Philadelphia Inquirer, to the Daily News, to the South Philly Review, to the Philadelphia Weekly. And so when those reporters would be doing a story on real estate, I would get the call. I would be quoted in there. And I'm telling you, most years, I would be quoted five to 10 times a year. I was on CNBC. Like, so that, that grew. Right. That's a great, that's a great that's thing. Impressive. So, you know, you've been through several cycles and recessions. What did you learn in some of your earlier cycles prepare you for the next downturn? Okay. Um, so when I got in June of 86, the market was booming in real estate. So from 79 to 83, country was a nightmare. Interest rates were 21%. But 84 rates start to go down. 85, the market picks up because rates were down to like 12%. Now they're under three. Today, they are under three. It's the lowest ever in the history of a 30-year mortgage. They're under 3% right now. But rates dropped down to 12. So the market was booming. I'm a small guy watching all these people get successful and getting a little piece of it. 89.90, the market changes. The market collapsed. They changed the tax law. We went into what I call a real estate depression. It wasn't the whole economy like 2008. It was the real estate. So I saw all these big shots, all these people that were thought they were big shots, were spending their money like crazy, lose everything. Almost 50% of the realtors left the business. And what I did was I buckled down. So I increased my mailings. I increased my marketing. And I didn't give up. And as people left, the clients needed me more because in a tough market, when, when things are easy, anybody can sell anything. 
-hmm. When things are tough, that's when they need you. And because unlike most realtors, because real estate's easy to get into. It's not like you need four years or eight years or, or anything. It's funny. Real, real estate is the easiest thing to get in with the highest potential for income. Now, 80% of the people don't make big dollars in real estate. The average is probably 45,000 bucks a year. Most people come and go. But the top 30% make a lot, can do incredibly well, better than any doctors and lawyers. It's, it's an incredible opportunity. And it's a minimum, minimum uh, ability to get in. But most people um, just don't work it. So I educated myself. Back then, you didn't have all this internet stuff. So people didn't continue to educate themselves. I read every book. I took every course. I got involved with the Board of Realtors. I went to the national conventions. I looked at the top people in the country. And I said, if they can do it, I can do it. I never said I want to be top 50 or I want to be number one. All I wanted to do was provide a darn good living for my family and, and, and have it easier than I had it. And so I plugged away. And then that market was down from 1990 to about 96. About 97, it came back up. And man, because I had been going through it, then I shot to the next level. I've been through five downturns. And every time, some were shorter than others. You're successful in your business, you keep your reserves. I remember in, in 08, I stood in front of my, I had six support uh, assistants. I had about 16 agents and six support assistants. And I stood in front of my assistants in 08 when every, the, everybody's leaving the business, companies are closing, people are laying off. I said, you know what, guys? We're not going anywhere. I have your money in the bank. I don't care if we don't sell another piece of real estate, your salaries are in the bank. Do not worry. You know what? As a matter of fact, how many mailings are we doing? Well, we're doing about 3,000 money. Let's make it 9,000. How much are we doing? So I increased my marketing. I gave confidence to my team. And guess what? We had great years. At a time where other people were running away, you were doubling down and taking risks. And part of that's based on your values, that people need you, and they need you during this time even stronger. So you had your values, you had your never give up mentality, and you also had your knowledge and your skill set, knowing that you could take people through this difficult time to support them. That is amazing. I would imagine, though, during this time, not only did you have those in your arsenal, but I would imagine you've also developed some daily habits. Maybe you can provide our viewers, our listeners with some daily habits that can help them in their own goals and values around success. Yeah. So, so that's a really, that's a really good point because, you know, okay, I grew up divorced parents and poor and blah, blah, blah. So, and I, so I always wanted to be, I felt the restrictions of not having anything. And I, in my mind as a little kid, I'm like, I'm never going to live like this. So I wanted to be successful. But as I started to get successful, I said, I don't want to be successful. And now I'm married. My wife divorced me. My kids not know me. And I'd be a jerk. So it's very important to establish habits. Um, I was born, I was raised with my mom and three sisters with love. So I always cared a lot about people. But I, I always worked hard. And I bought that into myself as an independent agent and my clients. I did what was best for them first. Then as I started to hire people, I bought that into that mode. But one of the things I do is I am a creature of habit. I made an agreement with my wife. Um, I would work both jobs and she would raise our children. That was important to us. We came up with an agreement, meaning both jobs. Real estate is a double, you know, it's, it's 80 hours a week. Um, 
and she helped me come up with systems to, to have to when I started to recruit people. When I go home at night, first thing I do, I come in, hey, sweetie, I take my briefcase, put it away, I go get changed, I put my clothes out for the next day, I make the coffee for the next morning, and I make sure I have everything lined up for the next day appointment. So I'm prepared a day in advance for that following day. I'm a creature of habit. I always am prepared a day in advance, um, yet I'm spontaneous. Believe me, if you said, Mike, I need to sell my house right now, I'll be there. Or Mike, my roof is leaking, I'll get somebody there. Like I'm spontaneous. About 1996, I'm doing crazy and I thought, you know what? I wanna be home on the weekends. So in 96, I hired an agent and I said, you're gonna work on Saturday. You're gonna handle all my buyers, all my needs on Saturdays. I'm, I wanted to do soccer, cheerleading, lacrosse, football. So, so in 96, I stopped working Saturdays, which is amazing for a realtor. By 99, 2000, I stopped working Sundays. I hired a couple more people. You're going to do the open houses, blah, blah. So I would be home Friday night at 7, and I would not meet a client until Monday. Now, I wouldn't tell my client that. You, Rebecca, I, if you were one of my sellers, I'd still call you and go, I'd, you know, go up in my room or I'd go in my car, and I'd, I'd still negotiate offers. I would turn phone calls, but I didn't meet clients. So I got to be with my children. So I blocked out my family first, and then I filled that in with work. Being able to maintain a work and life balance is you learned how to become a good delegator. Um, it's part of it, and, and, and it was difficult for me. Uh, I still, anyone will tell you, I still do work more than anybody. And my, you know, my wife being a strong woman, is very independent and right. has a lot of tolerance for that. But when I've hired my first assistant, and my wife helped me do that, she's the one who helped me make systems to give to a support person. So I went from the king of control to the king of delegation. Yet I do know everything that's going on in my business, but I always joke and I say, I'm just really the air traffic controller. Del yeah, bringing the roofer and bringing the stager and bringing the photographer, organize, telling the sellers what to do, help. Like I'm, I'm controlling everything and bringing in the pieces. I have a great resources behind me, great support staff. And I have one assistant 22 years, one 19 years, one 16 years. A lot of my, my people stay with me for life. So I have great support people and same with my vendors. So I establish great relationships within all the people in my business, wow. not just my team or not just other realtors, which I've established great relationship with, but all the vendors and I take care of them and I give them great business. So when I call them, they jump. So I get preferential treatment from everybody um, because I give them preferential and I respect them and I make sure they're taken care of. Very important. Build up your strong foundation. Since I've gone to Keller Williams, my mind has grown even a lot more because everything I did was self-made. And, and a lot of those aligned with what Gary Keller did. And, and this is not a Keller commercial, but, but Gary Keller built the, it's the number one real estate company in America. He says, one of his things is, you have five core people. So you don't have to do any more, Mike. You're, you, each person expands out to three more people. Those people expand out to three. They branch out from there. And it's just a great MO. And that's actually what has allowed me to have the mindset to open up, to buy a, a, an office on the main line and open up a main line office because I have core people that I help delegate. And I've done that in my career, but now at a bigger level. The one thing with me is, is I sell $200,000 homes. I sell $3 million. I sell everything in between. Um, it's all within my center city marketplace, which is South Philly. Now it's down into even Kensington, West Philadelphia, but all in this core of center city alternative, uh, 
Center City in the alternative marketplace for like all the millennials. But I, I treat everybody the same. You know, when the, when I'm walking in our office building and the people there are cleaning up, I'm like, how you doing? Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Like gratitude is an attitude. And the more grateful you are for things in your life, for yourself, for your health, your well-being, your family, for your business, for the people that work with you, for the people you meet, the more happier your life is. People say to me, well, if I was the real estate man, I'd only do anything over a million. I'm like, no, I, I am the same person when I had nothing that I am today. I can just help way more people. I wanted to take us back a little bit because you mentioned that you came from a background with limited resources, but you had a family that was full of love, I, which is awesome. I would imagine though, through the years, you had to, did you have to overcome some limiting beliefs about yourself or did you always feel like you had this strength and you just needed to pull the tools together to get to where you wanted to go? Well, how did that evolution take place? It's funny. So I, I always believed, but I didn't know how I was going to do it. And I just always believed it. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, the thing that opened me up to entrepreneurship was I bailed on college and I took this job selling vacuum cleaners in 79 when interest rates were 21%. And this guy was one of my top five mentors in my life, James B. Marion III, Jewish immigrant. His parents escaped the Holocaust. He, had, he couldn't get a job, so he put himself through law school. Uh, uh, he was selling vacuum cleaners door to door. Well, he became a multimillionaire, owned multiple franchises. So when I met that guy, he was about my age now. Man, I thought he was old. But he, had, he said, he, just like me, he had more energy in his little finger than most 28-year-olds have in their whole body. Right. <laughs> so he was charismatic. But he had a house in Yardley, tennis courts, an airplane. He lived humble in a great house in Florida, but he had nice things. Became so successful with his Kirby franchise. So he taught me how to sell. He said, no one control how much you make. No one can control your success. After that time, uh, that didn't work out. After about three and a half years, he left, the, left we retired, and, and um, I had a bad partner, and I left. I didn't know what I was going to do. I went back to the hotel business. But um, my friends started to buy real estate, and I saw that real estate was an opportunity to be an entrepreneur. So I found it. I don't even want to say it. It sounds bogus, but, but I always said when I was in fifth, sixth, seventh, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm like my report in seventh grade was me being a millionaire. Well, what are you going to do? The teacher was like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm going to do it. Like <laughs> it, it's just, it's, it, it sounds, it sounds crazy. And probably when I was 14 or 16, I'm thinking a millionaire meant being on a yacht with a bunch of hot, beautiful women. You know what I mean? Right, it, right, it's, right. it's totally different. Sort of. Oh, building wealth and, and, and being successful is way more difficult and way more responsibility than when I didn't have anything. I got to tell you, I love it and I welcome that, but the responsibility I have, so many people rely on me. There's so many other things I can help out. So I have to be responsible with that. I don't, I could have retired a long time ago. I don't retire. Like I'm still helping people grow. I'm still loving the business. Man, if somebody hand me the Gary Keller playbook today, I would have succeeded even so much faster, but I don't regret anything right. because my, my way was my way. I have a great core team family. The people that work on my team, I have 32 now. Wow. We're family, man. We're, we are family. The people in the brokerage that I work on, I'm getting to know all them. I'm so 
I'm into really helping people grow. I need to be profitable. I'm very profitable, but it's not about building my wealth because I was poor. It's about helping other people become successful. And that is joy. I love that. And I think that's what makes an effective influencer. You know, one of the things that I tell people is not only is it becoming a connector, becoming an educator and a supporter as well. And, you know, I know you mentioned how involved you are in the community. One of the things that you told me before is that you've been multiple years with the Greater Philadelphia Association of Realtors as vice president, chairman of the Grievance Committee, board member. You also sponsor fundraisers and donate to various charities and, you know, including the homeless. Tell me a little bit about how you got involved with the community. Was that something that you always did or how did you research that process? Yeah, it's well, uh, as far as with the real estate community, I got in early, which made me an influencer, gave me a name within the industry, not just being on there, but how I conducted myself, how I gave more than I received. And that puts you at a higher level, which makes you an influencer, which gives you more business um, in the community, giving back. Listen, the one thing I sell, I've been selling more than anybody, right? I never asked anybody for business. Business comes to me. I would never call you up and say, Hi, Rebecca, this is Mike McCann. Do you think we know anybody wants to buy or sell? I've never cold called in my life. Um, being an influencer, it attracts people. Now, if I sold a property, I might hand out a flyer that says, I sold this you know, uh, in two days or whatever. Right. So people called me. Um, with the community, getting involved. We wanted to give our kids core value. So you know, my kids grew up much better than I did, but I'm not going to spoil them and handle them, hand them everything. We're going to build real people. Money is not happiness. And, and I, when I was poor, I, 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 anyone would said that, I want to punch them in the nose. But, but the reality of it is, it is not happiness. Purpose is the most the basic thing. Purpose is really important. Each individual needs purpose. Uh, stuff for Christmas, we did mission trips. Then we started to adopt fresh air kids. Then we were involved with this um, uh, where I was a mentor every other Sunday. And we would help this house in, in um, Swarthmore where these kids came from New York and spent the a whole school season in our community and we helped them. So we were involved with a lot of stuff. That kept you at top of people's mind, but they also saw the other side of the realtor. They also saw the side that's compassionate and caring and is selfless as well. Absolutely. And absolutely. And I've, and in the real estate community, whether they're with my company or not, I always gave back. I always help. I still do help people, whether it, most of the time it's not even to benefit me, it's to help them. People come up to me, like, like you told me this six years ago and it changed my life and thank you. Like, oh, like <laughs> I forget even telling you that, you know, like, and, and that's the impact. That's what's the beauty about, you know, a beauty about life. Okay, once you can, you have to be able to feed yourself, house yourself, you know, be able to pay your bills and then you, you, you start to contribute. But I started that even when I didn't have anything I gave my time and energy freely. Um, I know we don't have much time left, but I do, I do want to say a few mechanisms, okay? I would love that. <laughs> and, um, and these are the core values that I've lived by um, and that have helped me be. It's not just, this is nothing about, it's about a good life. I love my life. I, I always have. My life is no one handed me anything. Um, but a lot of that I attribute to the core values. So when I wake up every day, I am grateful. So when I take my shower, I talk to God. Thank you so much for the heat, hot water, well-being of my family, health, um, opportunities, 
And uh, I turn my life over every day. But gratitude is an attitude. Never, never, never give up. These are things on my wall. My team has um, put them on a plaque uh, uh, on a thing because I say them all the time. So they made me this beautiful. My one hobby is motorcycles, right? I love to ride motorcycles throughout the country. And so they got a picture of a guy on a motorcycle going up a big mountain. And all on is these, all my slogans. My slogans are, and I pick them up from other people, mostly James B. Marion III. And, uh, and um, that's probably my, that was my uh, vacuum guy. But okay. never, never, and this is a church one, obviously. I, we have shirts, McCann Team Church. Oh, never, cool. never, never, never give up. The harder you work, the luckier you get. Oh, Mike's so lucky. No, Mike works hard. I, I substituted smarter today because it's a technology world now. So the harder slash smarter you work, the luckier you get. Can't means won't. Mike, I can't do that. No, Rebecca, that means you won't. You can do it, Rebecca. I can't. No, tell me you can do it. And you keep saying you can do it. And I promise you, I guarantee you, you will do it. Can't means won't. Um, if you believe you can achieve. I freaking believe. My whole life when I had nothing when we had no food on Wednesdays, that I was going to be wealthy. Uh, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I just kept saying that and saying that and saying that. You know what? My mind it took me there. But, um, but then when I come down, my kids would be, you know, when they were home, my, my children are 33, 30, and 27. They're 28 now. Um, but in the morning, I would come down and they'd be eating breakfast. And after I got out of the shower and I, I came down, I'd be like, boy, do I feel great. Isn't it a beautiful day? You know, yes. and they're like, shut up, dad. You know, <laughs> you know, when I walk into the office, I, I'll say to my seven support staff, like, what kind of a day is it? They'll be like, it's a beautiful day. And I'll say, the sun is shining. And they'll say, shining. Like, that's the attitude that I have every day. I have fun. No one's more serious. No one cares more about their clients. But I have fun. And it takes less muscles to smile than frown. The more you smile, every action is a reaction. One other uh, mantra that you gave us, patient persistence overcomes resistance. Oh, yes, That is yes, powerful. Yes, yes. James, James B. Marion told me uh, persistence overcomes resistance. And I love that. But in real estate, I always tell my agents, patient persistence overcomes resistance. So there might be a tough issue. You hang the phone up or you leave the client. Like, don't keep, but let it just, just come back the next day. Think about it at night, come back, then come back with another, with a story as to why this one, or maybe you've changed your city. So patiently persistence. I get these offers on properties and the seller's like, that's crazy. Tell them, forget about it. I'm like, let me work it. I said, I might close this in a day or two. It might take me three weeks. Well, don't waste your time. Mike. It's not wasting my time. This is what I do. And 80% of the time I'll close that deal, whether it's in a day or two. But most people would have been like, yeah, I agree. I'm not wasting my time and hang the phone up. Right. That's the difference between doing, you know, I personally, so my team does seven, 800 transactions, but I personally do about 150 a year myself. I cut short what that agent told me or that seller told me or that buyer told me and didn't have patient persistence. I would close 30 deals a year. That is the difference. That's impressive. Well, before we close, I'd like people to know how they can get in touch with you. I'm sure you're on social media. You have a website. If you could just briefly give those to us as well. It's funny. So uh, people who know me say, that's not you returning those calls or emails or texts or, or whatever. Uh, I return every email, every phone call, every day, no matter what. Normally, 
within two minutes to two hours. Uh, when I moved to KW, I probably had 3,000 uh, instant messages, congratulations. I responded to every single one. I was up till three in the morning, but that's what I do. Anyway, I am uh, Mike McCann, the real estate man. Text 215-778-0901. Email McCann at McCannTeam.com. On my Facebook post, I have two of them, the business Facebook and um, Mike McCann, which is my personal, which I am engaged in, you know, 5,000 friends and I'm on there uh, regularly. Uh, in the, I, again, I block my time out. I'm not living on, I love social media. I bought it at first. That, to, Rebecca, that took me to a whole different level. Instead of people thinking they knew who I was or hearing about me back in 2010 when I went on Facebook, it changed me to now people got to know the real Mike McCann. They got to see me. They got to see my core values. Your personal um, friends. Yes, yes, exactly. So um, I'm on Facebook, uh, that I re and I'm on Instagram. Um, and of course, yeah, my website, McCannTeam.com. I have a great website also. Wonderful. So that's it. Yeah. I love it. Well, before we close, I'd like to ask my guests, what is one word you would use to describe your core strength? My core strength is love. <laughs> Love. It really is. I love life. I love my people. I love my clients. I love my uh, uh, vendors. I, I come with a love first attitude. Listen, I'm from Philly. You can tell by this accent. I'm tough as nails. If you hurt my family or me or somebody, man, I'm tough. Don't <laughs> let my love fall for weakness. That I can tell you. But, but really, it's love. I want everybody to do better. It doesn't matter who. I help more people that came from nothing because I identify. Wow, that's powerful. Love for what you do, the people <laughs> you interact with, your family, empowering people, supporting people, so much passion behind what you do. Mike, this has been such an amazing interview. Thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. All the best. Thanks for having me on, okay? Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Remember to have a real talk to create connections that count you can check out all our past episodes at createyourpotential.com. Looking forward to tuning in with you all next time. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Real Talk with Rebecca Charlson. If you like this episode, feel free to hit subscribe and consider giving us some love with a five-star rating and review. To learn more about how to be on our next show, go to createyourpotential.com backslash realtalkrebecca. Looking forward to connecting with you next time. And remember, it takes a real talk to create connections that count.